This is the EPLOG audio experience. Film is clearly a sophisticated art, possibly the most important art of the 20th century with a rather complex history of theory and practice, writes James Monaco in his book How to Read a Film. So far in our podcast, The Artists, we have had filmmakers, writers, critics, programmers from some of the top film festivals, musicians, thinkers, defining their combinatorial skills. We at Metaphysical Lab have been striving to expand the realm of our podcast, which in turn gives a wider uh, canvas to the understanding of our experiences. And also we have tied up with Epilog Media, the podcasting network. So you can find us on their website, epilogmedia slash the artist. And of course, you can continue to listen to us on the platforms that you choose from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to GeoSavan to Google Podcasts. Everything is mentioned in the description. And of course, you can reach us uh, on the WhatsApp number and our email ID. I'm your host, Suchita, and I'm looking forward to a wonderful journey ahead with all of you. Lani Peterson is a guest for today's episode of the Artist Podcast with me, Suchita. Lani is a psychologist. She's a professional storyteller. She's an executive coach. She's a thought leader. And she has this unique and extensive expertise in storytelling as a leadership skill and means of influence. Lani specializes in the application of storytelling as a medium for connection, growth and change. And in today's fantastic and beautiful episode, we talk about a lot of things including who we are in our own stories and how does emotional intelligence influence our storytelling. So stay tuned and enjoy this amazing episode. Hi Lani, welcome to our podcast, The Artist, and thank you for joining in and taking out time. And I read your wonderful piece on the science of storytelling, and that's where I, I thought this is something that we must talk about in our podcast. And so here we go, you know, we have you with us today. I'm delighted to be with you, and what a great topic for us to talk about. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and also specifically because this podcast has a lot of artists, and when we talk about artists, we're not just talking about filmmakers, we're talking about the music musicians, we're talking about thought leaders, we're talking about people from across the globe. So this is a very interesting topic, Lani, in terms of the science of storytelling, because we talk about the art of storytelling all the time, but it's rarely that we use the word science into storytelling. So just to sort of briefly explain this, when you're talking about science, what exactly are you hinting at in terms of the impact that it's creating into the minds and thoughts of the people who are listening to stories? Well, you, you also mentioned the art of storytelling. And I think for uh, many years, people have thought of storytelling as something for children or for entertainment. Mm -hmm. And more recently, in the last 20 or 30 years, people have begun to realize that the power of storytelling, what happens in the brain when a story is shared. And because of that, the powerful impact and influence that stories have on us uh, without our awareness. And when we can, in fact, intentionally use story as a means of connecting and of influencing, then we are we are rallying a power that we uh, we have and perhaps underutilize. So the 
the understanding the knowledge into our brains and how they work, that we are in fact storytelling animals, that we are making meaning of data, facts, figures all the time through putting it in a story framework or story lens, uh, is that information now is a means of, of, that information now enables us to use what we do innately and naturally and do it intentionally for maximum impact. Right, and when our mind things in terms of stories how how do you think that sort of helps us discover a few more things about ourselves and the world so as they're understanding what what story actually is happening in the brain all the time hmm. that our our brains are taking facts figures data continually and putting it into meaning depending on what we already know or have experienced. So everything that's coming at us in the moment is actually filtered through our experiences or our past stories and from that determined whether something is positive or negative, whether it's something we want or don't want. And from that meaning making, it determines our behavior as we move forward. So we're continually in a story making mode that is using our past to actually construct our meaning of the present that determines our behavior of the future. And it's a loop that's happening in an ongoing way. So we are, in fact, uh, creating our world as it is creating us. And it's this interplay that happens through storytelling within our own mind and then how the story we project out onto others or we tell to others that is actually engaging our storytelling with their storytelling that influences how we move forward together, either in relationship or towards our goals, uh, towards our future. Right. Right. You, 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 I was listening to your talks, Lani, and I was, you mentioned this point, one of your talks, that when you want to impact the world, think in terms of stronger stories. So when we talk about stronger stories to impact the world, where, in what direction uh, would you want the listener to go? So if we have a, a vision for where we want to go first and are mm. clear in that, Mm. and have not only the idea, but the the why that's important, uh, and the how we plan to get there, all of those are the beginnings of constructing our vision story that can encourage um, others to join us in that. That's that's essentially the essence of, of leadership as I think about it, or, or influence, is being clear in our own vision uh, not only what it is, but why it's important to us and what will be different when we achieve that and being able to articulate that in a way that um, impacts and influences others. Knowing that others are carrying their own story. And if we try to influence by just putting forth data or facts about why our story is better, their story is going to remain intact within them. The only way that we can get someone to join us in moving forward is if our story has more meaning to it for them than the story that they currently hold. So influence is about coming with a stronger story, a story that makes more sense, that it creates passion in the listener to, to move into this story with you. 
Uh, you can't fight someone's story with, with data and facts. Uh, their, their story will always win. The only way to bring someone forward with you is to have a story that's stronger than theirs. Right. I want to talk about the influence. When you're talking about someone's story being stronger than yours or your story being stronger than someone else, just for our listeners, are you talking about their personal stories? Are you talking about the stories that they build around their own selves or the world? If you would like to sort of elaborate on your definition of the story. All of the above. So let me tell you a story to illustrate it. There was some research that was done at Harvard um, through the School of Education in understanding how students learn. Mm. And they went and uh, worked with a freshman class that was taking a, a course in the physical sciences. And they gave them the final exam on the first day. And most of the students Uh, scored around a fourth grade understanding of physical sciences and how the world works based on their uh, common knowledge and experience. Mm -hmm. At the end of the semester, they gave the final exam. And as you would hope and expect from Harvard students, they did very well with a complete understanding of the material because they'd been given a lot of new facts and information, which they were able to report back in the in the exam. Four years later, upon graduation, they gave the same final exam to all the students who had been in that freshman year course. And those who had not stayed in the sciences, uh, who were coming from other disciplines, when they took that final exam, no matter how they had scored at the end of the course, four years later, most of them, their understanding was back at their original fourth grade level. Mm-hmm. And they thought, what what happened? And this is where the understanding of story came in, that most of them had their understanding of how the world works through basic stories that they had created that they held in, onto. They had learned the facts for the exam, but in that it didn't attach to any story that was more meaningful, it was lost. And that what came up for them four years later, what they were able to retrieve is what they knew through the stories they had. So the the other piece around story is is not only believing it and incorporating this new meaning making, but it's being able to retrieve it and that stories are highly retrievable where facts are not. So as much as they might have even said that, that I've got those facts and figures, they weren't able to access them four years later because they didn't have a story to hold on to it. And this is where uh, researchers at Harvard became really interested in teaching through storytelling, that how, how we increase our knowledge is having increasingly sophisticated stories that hold that complex data that we can not only make sense of it, Um, and move forward with it, but be able to retrieve it when we need to. Right. And uh, learning in terms of the influence word that you used, we are, of course, in the times of influencers who use stories to influence the population, the general people who are watching, a certain age segment that they're targeting at, Mm -hmm. and stories and the influencer culture both determine the direction in which the world is moving culturally So tell me, Rani, would you like to add something in terms of the kind of culture that we are developing right now in terms of the influencer culture? Do you think that's something that the world should look up to or that's the right direction in which we're going? 
So I think as um, in in any scenario, there are influencers who are um, out of a place of of compassion for humanity, trying to influence ideas towards the the support and betterment of all. And there are influencers who are very much uh, engaged in their own um, self-involvement and advancement and uh, that um, their outcome might be less beneficial to the to the world at large. So I, I, ho- I hold it in that context. Mm. But I, I believe that the greatest influencers are those who are not only caught in their own vision, but understand where others are in their stories, um, what they what they already know or feel about uh, the story that you are coming with, the vision that you're coming with that as um, an influencer, you hold them in that place of compassion, that you are embedded in your own values of why you are trying to influence or bring this audience to a new place with your vision story, Mm -hmm. that you are connected to what they already know, feel, where their resistance is, where their fears are, where their concerns are, and that your story speaks to those in a way that they feel heard and seen and are willing to join you in your story and believe that indeed it will bring them to a better place. And I I refer to this as as story um, intelligence or story EQ, that it's about first knowing myself, what this story is I am moving into, why it's important, why I care about it, and why I want others to join me in it. And then the second part is knowing others. So where are they? Where is their story going? How can my story and my vision for where I can take this be helpful to them such that I want to influence them to join me in that. And the third part of emotional intelligence, as you know, is is bringing both together in order to get to a, a new or better place. So what is that that vision and that that message? Uh, that why why would someone join us in that to go there? Uh, so it's about knowing self, knowing other, and having a vision of a place that is a win-win for both to, to go to. And what is that story? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. That, that, to me, is the essence of, of being a, a positive influencer. Right, right. Now you mentioned emotional intelligence, and I had, I've been sort of thinking about this for a while now, because you also come from the field of psychology and, uh, and much more. So... Tell me, Lani, in terms of talking about emotional intelligence, how important is something like emotional intelligence when you're talking about creating an impact in the world through storytelling? So I think that uh, if I understand your question correctly, is is how important is emotional intelligence to to the impact of a story and storytelling? Is that is that right? Yeah. How is how is the emotional intelligence of a person who's telling the story? Uh, as impactful as the stories that they are saying. So the emotional intelligence directly proportional to storytelling. I, I think it's it's essential. Mm. Uh, and you as a, as a listener will know that difference of when a storyteller uh, understands who they are in relationship to their message, their story, and feel passion for it. When a storyteller knows you as an audience and what story you not only want to hear but need to hear Mm. and conveys it in a way that is meaningful to you, Mm. uh, those those are the skills and abilities of of a, a, a skilled storyteller. 
And uh, again, we, we are all telling stories all day long, but even in a basic relationship and interaction, the listener will know when the storyteller is invested in you as a listener and is caring about you and the story they're bringing to you in this moment and the impact they hope to have in that. Yeah. Uh, so that is what leads actually the listener to trust the teller, to um, to open and welcome in this message and be willing to perhaps even suspend their own story to embrace this other person's story and move where it takes you. And that that demands trust on the listener's part to, to yeah. open mind to do that. And it takes the emotional intelligence of the storyteller to create that bond of trust for that to happen. Yes, yes, that's that's a that's a brilliant point, Lani. Tell me, tell me, uh, just for our listeners, if you would like to express in a few words, how would you define emotional intelligence? For me, emotional intelligence is is grounded in in the intersection of three things, and mm. the first is um, knowing myself which means knowing my story. And that is, a, uh, I think, a past, present, and future piece of where have I come from? How has that influenced who I am now? And where do I want to go? And why is that important to me? And who do I want to bring with me and why? And that's the knowing self part of emotional intelligence that to me is all story-based. The second part of emotional intelligence is knowing other. And the more we know other where they came from and how that's influenced where they are now, how their what their view of this moment, this interaction, this relationship is, and what their investment for where they want it to go and why that's important to them. And holding that with respect and compassion as I bring my story together with their story. And this is where positive influencing to me comes in, mm -hmm. in service of bringing us both to a new and better place. And so it's always that intention of respecting self, respecting other, balance between the two, and always that vision of how can I bring the two of us together in a way that is mutually beneficial. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, Lani. You work with so many corporates who, uh, you know, uh, trying to create an impact, trying to, you know, get their stories right in terms of leadership, in terms of the science of pitching, a, lo a lot, many things, which I want to sort of talk about uh, in this episode as well. But tell me, Lani, just just continuing with that emotional intelligence point, because it's something that really interests me as a storyteller and as a person, as a human. Do you think it's something that when you deal with people or when you coach, do you think that that's something that you work on, you you make them cultivate it? Or do you think that it's something that that that, that that's organic and that, that happens as life flows? So I think, first of all, emotional intelligence can be learned. Mm. And I I think through the coaching that I do, it's a it's an iterative process of development that's involved in story exploration. That sometimes our our stories can actually cloud our emotional intelligence, and we need at the same time develop our emotional intelligence in order to develop and deliver our stories effectively. So. 
I believe that we can get stuck in a story that leads us astray or keeps us as being less than we uh, than we could be, that dampens our potential. And a lot of my early work, uh, this, and this goes back more than 20 years ago, when I first started to explore storytelling through this psychology lens, uh, I was working a lot with uh, both incarcerated and formerly incarcerated, as well as people who were struggling with homelessness, uh, doing story support work. So with the formerly incarcerated, I was hired actually by a nonprofit here in the Boston area where I live mm. to support those who were returning citizens to uh, to share their story in either job or housing interviews in a way that they were being honest, mm -hmm. but also owning their story in a way that showed their larger potential and what they were capable of moving into their, their future story. So looking a lot at how people held themselves in their story, particularly when they have aspects of a story that were uh, based in trauma or shame-filled, um, based in earlier stories where they um, they do not hold those stories with, with um, pride or comfort. How do we see who who we are in our largest story that's made up of so many smaller stories. And what do we choose to focus on in terms of creating um, our identity? Because our identity is actually made up of, of myriad of all of our stories and experiences that define us now in who we are. So what stories do we lead with and how do we feel about ourselves in those stories? So uh, I did not suggest with them that they don't um, bring some of those difficult stories forward, but that they hold them in the context of the larger story that's made up of multiple other stories of moments, events that also define who they are and who they are intending to be. So this is the part of, of emotional intelligence and story exploration and where they overlap of understanding ourselves, not through a, one narrow story as a defining story, you don't you don't ch change or take that away. I call it you expand your sense of who you are by looking at your yourself through multiple stories. So you're thickening the larger story of who you are by tying that thin story and that moment to other experiences that give you more room to live in that uh, that allow you and your self sense of self a larger idea of actually who you are because you're made up of multiple stories and multiple moments in any given relationship as we come to it depending again on our intent and our our wanting to influence in a direction we are always in our brain unconsciously intuitively making decisions of which story am I going to bring forward in this moment mm -hmm. and or what moments am I going to tie together into a story depending on how um, what message I want to convey and what I want this listener to know feel and do and our brain is continually doing that whether we're aware of it or not. And when we become aware of it, then we have some control and some decisions of what, how we want to tie together various moments into this story in this moment for mm -hmm. the following reasons and impact. We never tell the same story twice unless it's been written down. We are like rivers. 
Mm. And every time I even tell a story, so I'm a performer as well as a psychologist doing story coaching work, Mm. even stories that I have performed a hundred times, it's never been the same story twice because I'm always with a different audience and I am always growing and changing. So how that story comes out is going to be unique every time I tell it. That's also happening in every relationship and every moment when we're coming together. Even if it's with a spouse who you've woken up with every day for the past 50 years, how you are going to come together in this moment is different because Mm. you are each different in this moment and coming with stories that have expanded through what's happened to you the day before. We're always growing and changing. So to be aware of that, to own that, to be uh, in in some ways in beginner's mind as you come together yeah. with a person and curious about, so who are you today? What are the stories you're leading with today? How are you seeing the world today? Is how we can continue to respect each other, to understand each other, and to move forward together in that place of emotional intelligence where I'm bringing my stories, I'm listening and respecting and trying to understand your stories, and both with the intention of bringing us both to a new and better place. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, Lani. Leading with story, I have some questions on that. But before that, would you like to suggest to our listeners a couple of things that they can do to improve their emotional intelligence? I think the greatest thing we can do to improve our emotional intelligence is to pause. That what our brain does is it because of our past experiences it is often working in that place of assumptions Mm. because something went this way last time i'm assuming it's going to go the same way again Mm. and or because this person said this yesterday i'm assuming that that's what they believe today or who they are if we can pause that automatic um receiving input and moving immediately to an assumption which is a story we have created that leads to a behavior which is often habitual if we can put a pause in that place of making meaning and for a moment challenge it there's this wonderful exercise that uh, richard stone has shared in his book the healing art of storytelling that uh, he got from Paula Underwood, who is a a native uh, indigenous, um, really wise teacher. And she talks about the strands of a braid, that often what we have is one thin piece of line that our brain goes from stimulus to response. If we put a pause and say, what else might be true? Or what else do I need to know before I make a meaning about this? And tie a second and a third line to that understanding and braid that together, then we begin to have something that has some integrity to it. And if in fact, we do that three more times and have a second braid, and then three more times again, then we have three braids that we braid together, and eventually we have a rope of understanding, of meaning, of texture to this interaction that we're not moving from uh, input to assumption to behavior, but we're putting a pause and asking what else might be happening here? What more do I need to know before I move to response and behavior? And in fact, to me, that's the difference between reaction and response. Mm. 
and this pause, and this comes out of the work also of uh, Victor Frankl and logotherapy that some of your listeners may mm. be familiar with. Yes. But this pause uh, that I call is, um, is the ability to respond, which is in fact our response ability. Mm. And that's the heart of emotional intelligence is not assuming we know. Beautiful. But uh, but having the ability to formulate a response based on ensuring we have as much information as possible about what is happening in this moment. Mm, and that's beautiful. all about storytelling and mm. the stories we not only listen for, but tell ourselves, even unaware that we are creating that story in our brain. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Now you tell me in terms of, because you work with a lot of corporates and you coach them and you deal with people on individual level, when we're talking about the science of pitching, which I was reading about what you wrote, pitching, when we pitch anything, it's, like you mentioned, it's either for resources, it's for monies, mm-hmm. and artists uh, who listen to the podcast, they constantly pitch their work. Is there something specific that you have, would you like to sort of add in terms of when you're pitching, what are the kind of stories that they can actually project to connect with the person in front of them? I think the more that we can paint uh, through all the senses, the vision story of what could be if we were to have the support of the listener, mm-hmm. that they can see it as close to the way that we see it. And again, when we just share um, sometimes the basic facts or figures that we have, we assume that the listener is seeing it and feeling it the way that we are. And I think that that, that is a, a mistake. It's a uh, because their experience is so different, the more that we can build that picture, not only of what is, but what could be and why that matters and who that matters to, that's the part of storytelling that engages the heart. Mm-hmm. It's what actually reduces um, uh, oxytocin in the body because it creates empathy within the listener. And when, when the full when we can engage more of the brain than just the the word centers, but engage the senses and engage the emotional parts of the brain, then the the listener is more closely aligned with us and listening with a more holistic experience and more apt to embrace the vision that we are creating. So so that is the work. And so often um, when I'm working with somebody who is making a pitch, they assume that people are starting where they're starting and have the same passion that they have. And it's just not true. You have to create the circumstances for that. And that's how, uh, that's the essence of how you're gonna evolve the story that very quickly on, you first engaged the interest uh, and, and that's where, again, you're eliciting dopamine in, in the brain of the mm. listener by, uh, by creating right off the top suspense for, wait a minute, w- what is this person saying and where is this going? And then you, you build the story in such a way that it maintains that interest but also touches the emotions. And that's, 
that's moving from the what is to the why it matters and whose life this will make a difference to, whether it is your own or others. And whoever it makes difference to, that is the hero of your story. And perhaps you are just the support person with the listener who can make the hero's journey uh, one that is smoother, easier, better by bringing your resources together to, to move their story into a new and different direction. Yes. Yes, that's beautiful. Tell me now in terms of leadership, because you sculpt a lot of leaders and you talk to them and artists are leaders in themselves. They lead teams, filmmakers, thought leaders. How can leaders, like very basically, in a very basic fashion, how can leaders effectively use stories to create real impact in the world? the way they're doing it right now, do you think that are there enough leadership qualities out there? But do you think that, like, for me personally, Barack Obama is a great leader, you know. Uh, yes. Do you think that we have more Baracks out there? Do you think we need more? Hmm. I think we always need more mm. and better leaders. Yes. I think, uh, and, and who are coming again from that place of, um, emotional intelligence, where mm. it's not just about me, but it's about us, yeah. and uh, and what we're trying to achieve together, and being able to um, first of all um, understand why that vision is important, yeah. and what it leads to, and then convey that in a way that um, engages others to to join in in that that movement or that fight. Um, so. Uh, I believe there are many good leaders and potential leaders out there, but I also believe that a lot of them don't understand storytelling and its power for them to achieve their their vision and their mission, and that that's where uh, I believe the work is. So whether I'm working with a single executive or, or a team, and I'm often brought into companies to work with high potential leaders, not just to teach them the skills of storytelling, but I always begin with exploring their stories and who they are and why they're doing the work that they're doing. And again, this is the, the iterative process of emotional intelligence and storytelling, but underneath all of our stories are our values what drives us and why, and understand what are our foundational values that we're standing on that drive us to, to be creating the stories we are and the vision for where we want to go with that. So I believe that's central to the role of, of both leadership and leader development is to, to, again, know your story, know what's underneath your stories in terms of the values that are driving you, know who you want to tell your story to and for what reason, uh, and then to, to bring those two together to move both of you to a, to a new place or to move something else to a new place. Because perhaps the reason you're telling a story is just to influence and Im impact another to bring their resources to yet a third person's story change. So uh, stories are about change in and among themselves, mm. but they're also the means through which change happens in our lives. We, we are continually evolving and growing through our stories. And as I said earlier, re-becoming um, re in a daily way, recreating who we are through the stories we choose to focus on and tell and listen to. 
And that's, I think, the essence of, of leadership development is what's the story I'm hearing? What's the story I'm telling? Why am I telling it to who and for what purpose? And of course, that's connect to leading with story. Yeah. yeah. Where, where you mentioned about engaging and being passionate about it and connecting people through storytelling. So, of course, that's that's all that connect, all that is connected. Tell me, Lani, uh, in terms of almost like a bottom line, how can how can a person like a day to day person who is uh, perhaps starting out in life or somewhere middle in the life and still sort of looking for a meaning or a, a, a couple of things that you suggest that they can use stories to create daily impact. They don't need to be leaders. They, they just need to be common people. I, I think um, whether you're a leader or not, we are all just common people <laughs> yes. who um, on a daily basis are facing challenges uh, as as we're continually trying to find purpose and connection in our life. I think those are the two great drivers of uh, it goes back yeah. to Freud of love and work. Yeah. Uh, so how am I connected? Um, how how do how does my life matter? Where is my purpose? And and that's all about um, our story and and where it is going. So to to again put those pauses in place at any given moment and to look at. Um, I, I have the, the, the story trajectory. I used to be, but now I am, and someday I plan to be. Mm-hmm. And we're always on that continuum because we're always carrying our past story with us into this present that's influencing how we're moving into our future. And to, to continually just pause and look at where we are in the now and appreciate that, bring some compassion for ourselves at how hard this journey is but how we are not alone in it. We are all in this process of, of creation and co-creation. Uh, and it's how we are living in our story and engaging others in their story as a means of both being connected, that's the love part, and moving forward together. And that's the work part. So it, it doesn't matter whether we're bringing ourselves to a, a, a parenting or a partner relationship, or a work relationship, or whether we're leading a Fortune 100 uh, organization, it's all the same work of uh, of creating ourselves and co-creating where we're moving forward with with others. It's it's all the same work. Recently, I was leading a workshop in a biotech with scientists and had shared a little bit of the work that I do. From along the full spectrum of working with the formerly incarcerated people who are homeless all the way up to CEOs of major organizations. Wow. And one participant um, paused and said, tell us what, what you have learned about the difference between those people. And I said, absolutely none. There is no mm. difference. We are all on the same journey uh, of feeling purpose, that we matter, that we're connected, that our life has meaning. It's all the same work. Wow, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. What a derivation, it's, it's beautiful, Lani. And uh, uh, great, if somebody wants to connect with you, how do they find you? First of all, they're welcome to go to my website, which has a lot of videos and articles that they might find interesting, which is just uh, www.lani, L-A-N-I, Peterson, and that's with an O, dot com, my name. And my email is, is similar. It's Lanny at LannyPeterson.com. So please, 
please feel free to be in touch with questions and enjoy your own story exploration. Put that pause in place and uh, and see where it takes you when you start to, to thicken your own strands of the braid and understand more who you are in your story as it is moving forward. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Lani, for taking our timing pulse podcast. And uh, thank you. Really, really appreciate it. You're doing really exciting work, Suchita. So thank you for uh, keeping the information and ideas flowing between people. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Emotional intelligence is one of the key takeaways for me here. Emotional intelligence, we are nothing without this. Not as people, not as anything in our own stories. Something that we need to think about, something we need to ponder about in this process of creation and co-creation. And and also I hope we're able to find who we are in our own stories. Till next week, folks. Hope you are taking good care of yourself and enjoying the festive season. Take care and have a great weekend.